once again to share God's Word with you all this evening. Um, the first place we're going to be at is John chapter 16, if you want to start turning there. This is going to be um, another message on prayer. Last time I got to preach up here, did we looked at a message from Matthew chapter 6 on uh, Christ's teaching on the pattern to pray, and uh, we looked at the right way to pray, how to, how to pray according to that pattern, and um, this one's going to be a little bit different, um, a little bit different of a, of a message. It, um, um, it, it comes as uh, just some, some things I've, I've studied personally uh, over some time um, about prayer, and, um, some, and so uh, it's, it's, uh, basically we're going to look at some questions about prayer, a, a brief list of questions and uh, that scripture answers about prayer. And, um, and these are some questions that I have uh, had in the past myself about, about prayer. And most of them have uh, stemmed from, to be honest, um, not, not having that, uh, that strong. Times in my life where I've not had that strong of a prayer life. And I've had to kind of uh, stop and ask why and remind myself some things about prayer and so I hope that this is a help and uh, it's it's I don't anticipate this to be a very long message here tonight but we'll go through some of these questions and uh, it's going to be pretty basic and simple and some of these questions you might think why were you asking that question that's kind of a dumb question shouldn't you know that already but there are some things that uh, um, I you know um, I've there's been times in my life where you get kind of uh, at a point in your prayer life where you, you have to stop and think, wow, how did I get this far away to where I have to stop and actually think about this question and look at God's Word and, and find out the answer to this question because I should know this, you know. This is, this is basic stuff. But um, and this is something I've, I've been recently revisiting personally, so when pastor asked me to preach here recently, I thought, well, this must be what I'm going to preach on. So, this is what we're going to look at. And, um, okay, so, um, first, uh, first question. Um, uh, trying, trying to word these things is sometimes a little bit difficult, but how I put this one is, uh, so what are, what are the mechanics of prayer? How does prayer work? How does this work? This is something that I have to think about. This is something that um, always bugs me. Um, if I'm, uh, I have to use a lot of different types of software and whatnot at work. If I'm learning a new software, I can't just be told, just press these buttons and, you know, this will happen. I have to figure out, why does it do that? How does this thing, what makes this thing tick? So, this has been something that in the past I've had to stop and think about, wait a minute, what am I doing? Why does it work this way? How does this work? And the Bible has, has some answers for this. So, um, to start off, I, I want to put a good definition on prayer, and it, it's not very complex, but um, prayer is, is communicating with God, is uh, talking to God, basically. Um, let me read you a, a definition here that I found to be pretty scripturally accurate. A solemn prayer is a solemn address to the supreme being, consisting of adoration or an expression of our sense of God's glorious perfections, uh, confessing our sins, 
supplication for mercy and forgiveness, intercession for blessing on others, thanksgiving, or an expression of gratitude to God for his mercies and benefits. And that can kind of be, you know, broadened or condensed, but basically, you know, you're communicating with God. Um, communicating directly with God, with the Father. And um, that's going to be the main point of the message tonight. The main idea that I want to get across, at least, that has, what God has used in my life to get me to the right place to where I understand what I'm doing in prayer and I understand the importance of it so much so that it ignites a renewed fire and desire and passion in my prayer life is the fact that I am communicating with God. It's who I'm communicating with. And so, um, you know, uh, the, and so how, can, how can we do that? How can we communicate directly with the Father? If you think about who we are speaking to, I am directly addressing the Almighty God. You know, the, the Spirit that created all things. The Sovereign King of the Universe. The Judge. I think this is a very important aspect to think about when it comes to prayer. And uh, before we look at the Bible and define, okay, how does this work? Um, understanding that we have access directly to the Almighty God, to the Creator, to our Judge, to, the, to you know, our, our, our Savior, our, our Father, as we looked at in Matthew chapter 6 a few weeks ago. We address God as our Father, and the fact that we can address Him as our Father. But think about that fact of who we are talking to, and the fact that we can talk directly to God the Father. Um, we know, okay, we have God the Father, who is, who is, who is in heaven on the throne, the Bible gives us gives us whenever the Bible gives us a glimpse into heaven as it were, um, we see God on the throne. And we know that Christ the Son is at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. We're going to talk about that. And then we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is everywhere present, but for the Christian indwells us, actually indwells us. And so when you pray, you are somehow, you are communicating directly to God as if you're in that throne room before God, talking with the Father. And uh, if you let that thought sink in a little bit, that's something that, uh, that will, that will um, get you on the right path in thinking about prayer and what it is how it works. So, um, how does it work? Well, it all depends on the Lord Jesus Christ giving us this access. Let's read in John chapter 16. We'll read a few passages concerning this, but um, let's start in verse 23. It says, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. At that day 
You shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I found this to be an amazing passage here. Christ is at the end of his uh, earthly ministry here, speaking to the disciples, you know, with the with, with the cross of Calvary and the resurrection in view here. You know, this is immediately before that. And um, he is telling his disciples that when they pray, um, they're not going to be praying to him, as it were, but he is going to give them direct access to the Father. And I love uh, verse 26, 27. It says, And that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and believe that I came out from God. And how he's, the picture he's giving them here is, um, you can go directly to the Father, because the Father loves you, and wants you to come to him. He wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to go to him with your requests. He wants you to pray to him. The Father wants us to pray to him, because he loves us. This is what Christ is telling us here. And, uh, um, let me read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. We look at some passages here regarding how it is the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us access to the Father. Um, Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here we see that we can come boldly before God because of who Jesus Christ is, because of what he has done. And similarly in chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. We'll look at these while we're here. It says, Having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And um, stopping right there. So it is because of what Christ has done on the cross that gives us this access to the Father. And there's other passages we could go to that talk about this too. Um, so, how does prayer work? Well, one, it it works because of what Christ did on the cross. Christ's death for us on the cross in shedding his blood and giving us access to the Father. Um, otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have access like we, like, like we do directly to God through the Holy Spirit. So think about when you're praying, when you think about how does prayer work. When you're going before God and you're praying, whether it's you know, your morning prayer time with your devotions or whatever, wherever it is praying for a meal, if you're praying at church, whatever it may be. The thing that when you think about how am I able to do this, how am I able to um, directly communicate to God the Father, um, it was made possible because of the cross, because of what Christ did on the cross. 
I think that this is something that we should we should think about when we go to pray, and um, you know, especially if it's if it's you know like a set devotional type prayer time is think about who you're praying to, think about this works. I'm able to go to God the Father and bring these requests, have this communion, have this relationship with God because of what Christ did on the cross. And of course we know our salvation, of course, comes only through what Christ did on the cross. And in addition to that, it's our prayer, the fact that we can pray. This is a big deal. This is So, prayer is not something to be taken lightly, as it were. Now, we can... We have access to God any time, all the time. We are to pray without ceasing. So we can do it anywhere and everywhere, and we should. And sometimes it's quick, silent prayers. Sometimes it's long, you know, passionate prayers. But whatever it is, it should not be taken lightly. It is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that enables us to do this. It's not something that that everyone has access to course it's it's only those who um, who have been saved through, through Christ's blood and he gives us and it's amazing how the Bible talks about how we can have boldness to, to enter directly into the throne room of God and, and you know as we go through there's a there's a whole lot you can talk about in prayer you know this, this is a very broad topic we could spend a lot of time in any one of these little areas um, but I'm just going to try to look at a few specific things here um, let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27. Look at the work of the Holy Spirit that makes this possible. Romans 8, um, let me start in verse... 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Look also down, jump down to verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or or peril, or sword? For it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors, therein that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So just a, a reminder here of the fact that we can go to God, we have access to God, and we will never be separated from Him. That access will never be taken away because of what Christ did on the cross. 
and the fact that Christ is making intercession for us. And then um, uh, verse 26, which you read, talks about the Spirit also making intercession for us. Uh, even when we know not what to pray, the Spirit makes intercession for us. And says, He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So in trying to picture, as it were, how this works, when I'm praying to God, what is happening, you know, when I'm praying to God? I mean, because you could be... You could be verbally, you know, verbally speaking to God. It could be a silent prayer in your heart, in your mind, to the Lord. Um, but you're, you're coming before the throne room of the Father, and you have the Holy Spirit who, is, um, who knows what, 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 your heart, what is on your heart, what is on your mind, who knows what you need, who knows what you should be praying for, even if you, even if you don't. And He's helping you to pray. He, the, the Spirit, is... Also, at the same time, they're making intercession for you to God the Father. And then, you have God the Son at the right hand of the Father, also making intercession for you. And, and we're going to get to the next part. I mean, a big part of this is this is why we pray in Jesus' name. Um, but um, we have, we have uh, you know, so you have the Holy Spirit making intercession. You've got Christ making intercession for you. So, when, you pray, when a Christian comes before God to pray, God doesn't take it lightly. You've got all three persons of the Godhead involved in your prayer. Right there. Making, God's making intercession for you. Christ is making intercession for you. He, he's, he's even taking the things that you should be praying for and bringing those to God and saying, here's what he, should be, here's what he needs. So, it's like, there's a lot happening here when someone prays. This is a big deal. You know, this, is, uh, this is pretty neat. You know, I'm not just throwing up some magic words and hoping it, that it makes me more lucky today. That's not what's happening here. This is, this is a serious matter, prayer, of understanding what all is going on when I pray. And thinking about what all had to take place through what the Lord Jesus Christ did you know, in the gospel to get me to this place where I can go directly to God. And so thinking about who God is, what He has done for us, who I'm going to pray. And that's, to me, that is a big deal to get in the mindset of prayer. The right mindset of prayer is, um, especially when you have the time, and it's, it, I mean, it, it, it's good to make it a daily thing, to set aside the time for that, is to get back to where you're thinking about who you're praying to. You're communicating with God the Father. And as you do that, you develop that relationship with God and you're bringing to Him things that you've read in the Bible or whatever has happened throughout the day, what's going on in your life, and you're talking to God. And, but as you're thinking about who God is, I mean, it, uh, it just it, 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 it lays a foundation. It lays something you have to return to. So, um, you know, if, if it's a daily habit to go before the throne room of God and be thinking about who you're going before, if you know you're going to do that every day, man, that that really impacts how you live your life. I mean, because you know, man, I had that communion time with God this morning, and you know, it was, maybe it was a it was a really sweet time that I had with God, or or maybe maybe it was a it was kind of a rough time, or you know, or rushed or whatever, or, or or something was missing. But but as you go throughout your day, 
you know, and you know you're going to go back to that again at your prayer time, that's going to affect how you live and what decisions you make. And then when you go back to God the next day and you're coming before God again, you're building that relationship, you're talking with God about what happened that day, and, you're, and of course you're going through the pattern that, that God gave to pray, and, and you're following that because that really encompasses all, you know, a lot of what we need to be praying for. And um, you'll find yourself, if you get into that habit, you're building a relationship with God. You're understanding more who God is. And God becomes more of a, um, it becomes more, God becomes more of a father. God becomes more of a father, more of a friend. More, it's more of a loving relationship. And then what you'll know, what you'll know is when you have, you've developed a good relationship with God, is when you get away from it for a while, and then you realize you've been away from it, and you go back to that, and you, you ask God to help you, and you get back to where you have a, a close, precious prayer time with God, you'll be like, oh, wow, I really miss this. And um, it's something that will, that, that will just help you to grow in the Lord, help you to know who God is. So, thinking about who, who God is and, uh, and how prayer works, that's a big part of it. Okay, next question I want to get to here is, why does God want us to ask requests when he knows what is needed and has the ability to give it? I've been asked this before. This is something that I've had, that I've had to ask myself. And I'm like, well, there's seems kind of a, a, a simple question. You should uh, probably know the answer to this one. But why, why does God tell us to ask? So we're commanded to ask. Uh, Matthew 7, 7. Well, let me read some of these. Matthew 7, 7. Okay, Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Um, so we're told to ask. Philippians 4, 6. We're commanded to bring all our prayers and supplications to God. We're commanded to ask. Okay, so we're praying to God. This is all-knowing, omniscient God. He knows it. He knows what I need. Why do I need to ask it? Or why do I need to tell God what He already knows? Okay, why do I need to go to God and tell Him and bring Him praise and adoration? And tell Him He already knows that. Why do I need to go to Him and tell Him whatever what's going on in my life? He already knows. Why do I need to do that? Why do I need to ask? Um, well, asking is a condition of receiving. And why are we not going to receive if you don't ask? Um, I think there's, there's, there's a couple different reasons. Um, one I want to focus on is so we have the right attitude in prayer. Asking, having to go to God and ask instead of Him just giving everything. That that um, that affects how we view God, how we view life. Okay, look at Matthew chapter 6, and um, let me see here. Let me read. Well, okay, in verse 8, you've got the, the pattern prayer, the Lord's Prayer that we're here. Um, but look at verse 8. It says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So, Christ even tells us here. Your Father knows already what you need before you ask Him. But then He goes on to teach us to pray, to ask for our needs. Um, and let's see here. Uh, if we look at verse 32 in this chapter, 
It says, For all these things do Gentiles seek. For your Heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. So, God, the Bible says God already knows this, but He commands us to ask. But a big part of why we should ask God is to, we are acknowledging that our provision comes from God. It's going to God and acknowledging that everything we have comes from Him. Now that's a, that's a, that, is a, that is a fact that you know, will never be changed. Everything we have comes from God. Our life, our breath, our, you know, our, our families, our daily needs, anything and everything you have, you only have it because of God. But we can forget that. I think one of the big reasons why God has us go to Him and ask Him for stuff is just reminding our sinful selves that all things come from God. Keep us humble in that way. Um, I mean, there's a, a lot of comparisons I, I can think of, whether it's, you know, parents to children or, or otherwise, you know. Um, there are other times we could think of where someone knows of someone else having a need, yet they don't just... They don't always just give it to them. They wait for them to ask, depending on what the situation is. Um, usually it has to do with someone having the right attitude about it. Um, the passage we read in John 16 talks about this, how, why God wants us to go to him and ask and to pray. One of the reasons is to give us joy. Let me go back to that here really quick. And uh, look at that one more time. So, to give us joy and to show us the Father's love. And we mentioned this here. But in verse 20, uh, let's see here. Verse 24, it says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, asking ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. To give us joy. So when we see our, our, our prayers answered, our requests answered, he can give us joy. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 talks about how he gives us peace. He gives us peace when we go to him and we ask things and we see him respond. He gives us peace. He gives us joy to keep us humble. So when I think about this, I'm reminded of Romans chapter 2. And um, several weeks ago, pastor was preaching through Romans chapter 2 and talked about this. And, you know, when God gives us anything good, it's because of his grace, not because we deserve it or have earned it. You know, that's, and that's one thing we need, that prayer helps us to remember. I'm going to God, I'm asking God, because everything I have has to come from God. It's not, and, it's, and we're asking, we're not earning it, we're not deserving it. You know, you can't be good enough to, you know, to earn God's blessings, as it were. You know, the only thing we deserve is God's judgment. You look at Romans chapter 2. And we get to the point where we despise God's goodness, because we think we deserve His goodness. We don't deserve His goodness. We deserve God's judgment. Prayer helps us, having the right attitude in prayer helps us remember that. Um, Asking requires us to go to God, the one whom we have sinned against with our, you know, with our behavior and ask his mercy and grace on our lives. This is why we must, this is one of the reasons why, you know, we must ask in Jesus' name. We're going to God in Jesus' name because of, uh, we are unworthy. We don't deserve it. Go there. Is also a motivation for holy living. Realizing the goodness of God. Going to prayer, having to ask God things in prayer will motivate us to live right. As Romans 2.4 talks about, the goodness of God will lead us to repentance. It will remind us of God's goodness. And if God was to just give us His goodness without us ever asking for it, we would take it for granted. 
and not be thankful, even get to the point of despising it. So I think this is a big reason why God has us ask, ask these things. It will help guide our requests uh, to be correct. James 4 talks about um, not asking things according to your lust, asking amiss. But if we recognize the goodness of God, that, uh, that will help us in that way. And um, so, why does God want us to ask, you know, instead of just giving it? I think that's one of the big reasons. And, of course, a big part of that as well is developing a relationship with God. We get to develop that relationship with God when we go to Him instead of having God just uh, give, it helps us spend more time with God. So, I'm not going to go much further here. With uh, I'm running out of time to hit too many more questions here. But, so, what I want us to think about is when we go to prayer is who we're praying to and, uh, and what it takes, what, what makes prayer work. And, you know, why does God want us to ask? Well, it helps us to have that right attitude in prayer and not just going to God thinking we deserve, you know, all his grace and his goodness. But, you know, it's because of what Christ did on the cross and we go to him and we ask for his mercy. We ask for our needs. So, some thoughts in prayer. And I challenge you to, um, to take some time in prayer, of course, and uh, think about who God is initially, especially, and see how that changes your prayer life. See if that's something that will uh, put some more put some more passion and fire into it. Uh, with that, uh, every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to go ahead and close the service right there, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll have a word of prayer, and, um, and I'll have Brother Jacobs come up and close the service. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your love towards us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truths of prayer and the promises of prayer in it. Pray that you help us all to, uh, to know you better uh, through our prayer times and that um, we would see you, you work and help us to, to fight and to, to strengthen that part of our life, Lord. And we love you. We ask things in Jesus' name. Amen. That, that is great. And the, uh, the prayer that starts us all off is salvation, asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart to save you is the basis for everything. And uh, uh, this was a prayer uh, sermon. If you prayed and asked Christ to come into your heart and to forgive you and to save you, repent of your sin, and that changes everything. And uh, salvation, then you have access to the throne of heaven. You have access to God's blessing. Uh, so with that, we'll start. Uh, Mitch, come and lead us in the song. And God spoke to your heart. Come and pray. So I'll stand and sing page 509 for an invitational. And again, the altar's open. The Lord's working on your heart. Page 509.